0: we're back again i know you're sick of us twice in one week i know i'm sorry (laughs) um welcome welcome uh this is gray or he might be on this side I, I, you're somewhere gray i think you're over there um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm trev and this is the trek way of course um and of course we're back again because we told you last episode we released an episode earlier see I, I i don't pay him to do that he does that for free it's great i love it um <laughs> he has a cup too he just hasn't brought it out in quite a while <laughs> i have it for tea and coffee when i have it the odd time but then again i'm mostly uh out of a can. Out <laughs> of a bottle. Uh, out of a glass if it's not coffee or tea or something, you know. Um, out, of a bo- out of a bottle if you're in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> that looked inappropriate, Greg, but okay, I should clip that. I'm, I may clap that, actually. That could be my first okay. uh, YouTube short, actually. Um, so, yeah, as I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a riot. We well, haven't even started. It's a riot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, as we explained last time, we got that episode early because of San Diego Comic Con, and mm-hmm. while I mostly don't mind it was early, because it was a really good episode, I kind of wish they just stuck to their normal schedule and yeah. let it be exclusive for the Comic Con guys because they pay a lot of money for that ticket, Grace. So I would let them have that. But and and what, what's funny is it, it looks as if well it kind of is actually three episodes
1: happened like in seven days or eight days. Mm. You know, well, it's, it's kind of like,
0: what, is it on again? Yeah. Well, it's seven days, actually, if, you, if, if you're yeah. talking inclusive. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, last week, Gray gave it um, 9 out of 10, I think, yeah. Uh, that was a crossover episode with Lord X. And I gave it 9.5. And it could have easily been 10, but there was a few net picks that brought it down that was almost perfect. We've got another winner on our hands here, guys, without giving away the scores yet. This was, ah yep. oh, wow. Just this, this is what Star Trek should be. It was yep. so, so good. I could not find a single flaw in this. I tried. Couldn't sign a, yep. uh, find a single flaw. And I think you agree the same grade, judging by what scores you'll, yep. you'll tell us later. Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs>
0: Definitely. It was, it, was, it was more like the stuff that Star
1: Trek should be. Uh, not that we dislike everything that's been going on with Strange New Worlds, but but this is heads and tails, you know, above what we've been getting. So
0: yeah, yeah, good good stuff. Um, I think it's just I can't remember the two. There's one guy, Akiva Goldsman, that um that that does write some of it, and there's another guy I've forgotten his name. Um, they come from the old regime, but they're not Alex Kurtzman, so. It's not going to be as bad as Discovery and stuff yeah. was, but it's also not going to be as good as season three of Picard because it doesn't have Terry Talso on it. So it's kind of somewhere yeah. in that middle level ish. Judging by some of the scores we've given some of the episodes, so um, okay, uh, we'll, we'll crack in here because I really, really enjoyed this. Um, yeah. We thought Gray, this was going to be, um, it was going to Gorn. be the, ep- hmm? yeah, the Gorn I episode. It was but that's going to be episode 10, I think, now, judging by the looks of things, isn't it? So, probably we'll take it. Um, but yeah, so we we kick off here. The enterprise is um escorting a Klingon ambassador, right? And he's not you, your normal ambassador. This ship that he was in was kind of cool. I think that was a Starfleet vessel, wasn't it? That the, the ambassador was in because it just looked like yeah. it'd been squashed. It's kind of cool. Actually, he's right,
1: he's working with the uh. We're the, the, the I, okay I can
0: talk.
1: He's working with the Federation, so yeah, Federation ship. Yeah, there is an Ambassador class ship. I don't know if that was it. I didn't take a good.
0: look. No, it's not. It's not the Ambassador class ship. Is it? Oh, came later. Is it the Enterprise B? No, it's not Enterprise B. It's the one. That, that's Enterprise C. That's Ambassador class. I'm sure, or it's okay. or it's something that looks like the Galaxy class, similar. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's Ambassador. Tell me if I'm wrong, people. Though I might be wrong. No, you probably are because we, we forget we're working
1: on different timelines. And if anybody is forgetting at this timeline, the we're
0: the, the Klingons are the bad guys. So yeah, still, it's still, Before peace was made, before peace was made, it was more of a they have ceasefire moment. I think they are at the moment. It's a kind of I don't think it officially. No, they're yeah, not they a war. The war's ended. Well, but the war's ended, but they're, right, the
1: ended, but they're still po out at each other for anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you can say that. Um, so yeah he's not your usual ambassador um, the reason being he'd actually defected from the Klingons a little while back um, and we obviously find that a bit more about him later on episode, he's helping the Federation out as Grey said um, but as he's literally coming on board Ortega doesn't like him, trust him she's talking about The ambassador on the bridge to Ahura, and Ahura's trying to say, you know, give him a chance, and Ortega's, well, I was in the war, of course she was in the war, she knows what it's like, he's not a great guy, and maybe this is the long con to try and play the good guy and then try and get Federation secrets, and then I think she kind of just loses her shit a little bit. And ah oh, yeah yeah he's this that he's the butcher of Jagal which is the planet we we talk about later in the episode and just as she says that the ambassador walks up walks on and onto the bridge and, with he's, Pike and everybody and it's like oh boy <laughs> someone's in trouble and, and after after all
1: that too man when they walked past her or whatever I mean Pike rightfully so gave gave uh, Ortega like the the death stare
0: <laughs> oh yeah he's like you or you are in a mess of trouble <laughs> oh, it was it was it was the the daggers it was the look that could kill oh, yeah, you you yeah. oh, know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, she'll get in trouble for sure for that one but it's just bad timing i guess she didn't think he was literally about to come on the bridge at that time it was literally una that went captain on bridge just something to grab her attention and it worked right. um uh, down in the officers' quarters after. That's what we're calling it. Well, actually, no, like the officers' mess. Not the officers' quarters, because they've all got their own quarters each, don't they? The officers' mess, because I don't know its official proper name. Poor man's ten forwards. Nine forwards, because it's a... Uh, nine forward? I think, it's uh, well,
1: <laughs> this is where the room where, where Pike is cooking, right? That's actually... I think that's Pike's quarters, because Pike's private quarters are on the bridge.
0: Oh, they, they lead on most, from the bridge, don't they?
1: Yeah, most yeah most captains' private quarters tend to be close to the bridge, so they can just you know.
0: But they don't have a ready room beside the bridge, and then they'll have yeah. their quarters on the same deck or like a a deck below or something. That's usually yeah. But the
1: ready ready rooms are used more for talking about strategy, what's going on. This was most, most supposedly supposed to be more of a social affair, right? He's an ambassador; they're,
0: they're trying to make him feel good and. All the stuff. See, see if you think of Bicardo and Enterprise D and E. He has the, that isn't his quarters beside the bridge. That's his office, That's... for the want of a better phrase. And then he'll have his quarters somewhere else where he sleeps. So uh, imagine it. Maybe the maybe it's not the same in Enterprise. It is. I
1: had to, to look at. It. I remember years. seeing it on a diagram of a lot of the ships. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not like Trek yards. They know everything, yes. but I do remember, but I do remember seeing that the quarters, captain's quarters are off, are usually very close to the bridge just so that he can come right, right, you know, right yeah. out or whatever. So He's yeah, not going to go traveling all over the ship to
0: find his quarters. It's going to be like, put it right there.
1: That makes <laughs> sense.
0: It probably does make sense. It most likely was, um, as captain's mess, I guess we'll call it. um, Actually, no, that was this the best because this is where they're making this is where Spock's making the uh the uh Rattugino. drink for yeah, yeah, yeah the Ractageno, uh, the, which is Klein Coffee from Deep Space Nine, of course. We know, well, also, I, uh, I could
1: cook some stuff too because you see the dish that he cooked, uh, because they borrowed that spice from Mbanga later, yeah, on the
0: show or yeah, the spice that can kill you if you have too much of it in one go, but. You know, we we keep this going on. It's going to be a Star Trek foodie show before you know it. <laughs> yeah, well, think of a Star Trek foods related <laughs> show. Give me some puns. Um, but yeah, okay. So, so in this mess spot, this is that I, I do want to get Gray's opinion on this because he obviously uh, remembers uh, the the TYCs better than I do for sure. Um, Spock's making a new drink that got the recipe from that Klingon when he was down in the planet, you know, trying to get to know Klingons better and having some blood wine. And this Klingon liked him and gave him the recipe for Ractogino, which I didn't know how to spell off my head, so I definitely Googled that. Um, yep. And I couldn't remember what type of drink it was, so it obviously told me uh, Klingon coffee, which sounds great to me. So, what, half coffee, half blood wine. Um <laughs> And we see, I hear a noise that was very familiar as he's testing it out Spock. And I, I turned my head for a moment, Gray, okay? I, and I was, I recognize that noise. It was the exact same uh, rep, food replicator noise from the TOS, whenever they used uh, any food replicators there, you know? And I was like, yep, yeah, that got me. And I turned around, I saw him. He's practicing this. It's a new ish kind of technology to them. Uh, Gray, obviously, TOS takes place after. From the best of your memory, were they? They were using food replicators, but were they using them like they were in Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine? Like, no, all the food time? replicators were probably
1: similar-ish to what we saw in Strange New Worlds. But actually, uh, since since they've updated Strange New Worlds a little bit, the old food food replicators, I remember uh, when you did, when you occasionally when you saw them, they actually used to carry these cards, and they had like a red card, a yellow card, and a whatever other color card rations and they would actually stick a, well they would actually <laughs> stick a card in a slot and then the replicator would make the food so it was almost like the card was encoded with whatever it is you want to make yeah you had to, you had to, phys- you had to physically stick the card in and then it made the whatever food for you i can remember episodes of the uh, tos doing that and then eventually i think they kind of got rid of that and just said you know whatever and then it would do it it would do it for them just ask you know, for what you see, want yeah, right. To be really honest, they didn't show the replicators that much. It's only occasionally.
0: Did you have the sliding you know? door for the food? Because if you remember, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously yeah. they can't. They didn't have the effects to materialize it if they there. But it was,
1: it was almost like a cafeteria in a way. They would walk over to a wall, and you would see like three of these doors with the slots above them, like I said. And then people would just go up there and they'd shove a card in, and, then bloop, bloop, and the door opens well, up, and there's see. There's I wish whatever.
0: I, I wish they'd done this in in. A strange New World's Grey, because it's kind of, I know you're trying to make things look better, but you could have shown the camera of inside the replicator at replicating the thing to show that we c- it is better than it actually seems, but then the door opens and they take it out, because that's not supposed to be around really, I mean, I, I am up. of course I'm nitpicking, but um, I, I just remember the original, uh, the original? Well, it's not the original, because it's NX, the NX Enterprise, um, mm. That that I loved that they were not using replicators for food for the most part. They were right. only capable of so much certain items. They were they couldn't do complex items. Most of the food was made fresh on board by the chef, who you never saw ever ever ever. You just saw from <laughs> from the neck down, and they could order some ingredients from that, like some drinks, things like that, and then add it together. I liked how that evolved. That was a door as well, great, but. um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, like, I like I like Star Trek technology. It kind of fascinates me. Yeah. Um, it's nice to just kind of looking back and, you know, we should write a book, The History of the Replicator. <laughs> oh, God. Right, okay. Uh, you're being definitely facetious now. You could have mentioned other technologies and we could have made it more interesting. Look, uh, we, could
1: have, we could we'd at least sell one or two copies. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, because we'd be buying them. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to see the food replicators doing their thing, even though if they seemed a bit too futuristic for that point in time. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the ambassador comes in just at the right time. Uh, uh, Mr. Spock introduces himself and says, we've got a drink for you. I got this recipe from this. Going on, blah, blah, blah. We'd like you to try it. And he puts his hand on it and it it scalds him. It burns him. And you just see the ambassador the turn around with like a skull and look of his own to Spock. And Spock's like, I'm so sorry, ambassador. We're still working out the kinks. Like, yeah, put it back to – there's a way for you to put it back behind the sliding door and make it some other mechanism because that clearly didn't work. <laughs> he was uh, pissed.
1: Well, um, I like the uh, the Klingon ambassador goes like, well, it's a good thing Klingons have a high threshold for pain.
0: But <laughs> it didn't stop him going, oh, uh, ah. Yeah. Cl- Vulcans have a strong, even stronger, uh, uh, yeah. you know, yes, pain tolerance. in the so, previous episode or whatever. Uh-huh, Exactly. Episodes. Yep. Um so yeah, it's a still a newish technology, so that you kinda understands that. So uh Pike wants to take him down to Sick Bay, and I'm thinking it's a bit far fetched for a Klingon. They're kind of tough warriors, you know. Um and the, the, the ambassador's like, nah nah, I'm good, I'm good. But I Pike pushes the point, you know, I says come down. And I'm glad he does because it pushes on the plot nicely, uh, grew. Sure. Um which we get to That we'll, we'll it, it just gets so so good from here. Uh they go to sickbay, they're going to use the dermal regenerator on his hands do the thing, but as soon as he walks in, Embenga clocks him from the other side of uh sickbay and literally looks like he's just seen a ghost and starts backing up and and he just disappears on the corner and Chapel then says to him, I've got this. She obviously, as we find out later on, she knows what's going on here. She okay. looks after the situation um, and Gray, this is a point you added on at the end here that's kind of important and where the direction of this episode goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, you see him go off to
1: another room and he's like basically falling over and he's grabbing his chest and he's obviously going into a severe panic attack. And mm-hmm. and as we know, PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, is a real thing, uh, especially people that come back from wars or from fighting. And you can see that he's definitely got something going, and this all just triggered him. And so he's like, you know, pounding on his chest, trying to calm down, you know, and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think he even had a, a hypo ready for whatever to give him. If he needed Yeah. And stuff. He but yeah, did. he was like really freaking out. So when we're seeing this, you're, you're just going like, wow, like, there's got to be some history going on here because it's why would he be that way, you know, whacked out? I mean, mm. Chappell was whacked out too, but not as, not as much as Mavenga. So it was getting like, okay, something
0: heavy is happening here. It's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. He, I, he was really freaking out. And I would love to have known what was in that um, syringe of his, 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 his. I guess it was just something to calm him down, but it could have been some more of that super serum stuff. Who knows? Um, yeah. Now, we're going to investigate this Klingon war, finally. Grey and I have been asking for this for a while. We will, let's see yeah. these things that Ortega's went through, that Beggars went through, and I'd actually forgotten Mbenga went through it until this episode at Chapel as well. And we finally get to bloody see it. And it makes sense that those three um, have seen it because the rest of the Enterprise must have been, during the Klingon war, they're on their five-year mission, right? right. They're not called back to the front Maybe similar to why the Enterprise E wasn't called back to uh Wolf three five nine because um no was it Wolf three nine nine no it was Sector Zero Zero One, that was after yeah. yeah. They were left out there because they're the flagship. That's got to remain where it is. Uh you could argue it should be involved in the fight, but you could also argue that that is your hostership ship for the whole what you stand for. Right. It's got to remain we want, above anything we don't want else. Remale,
1: right. We don't want morale to dive down if it gets
0: blown up or something so I agree with it but part of me thinks they should be in a fight as well so while they're away in the fight uh, sorry they're not in the fight at the Enterprise they're minus they don't at the time have Ortega and Bengar Chapel they're fighting in the Klingon War it's three other officers that we don't know the names of or that I'm not aware of that are on that first five year mission or is it the second one so Mm. these guys are obviously going through a lot and that's what we start to discover here now Um, we get our first flashback to the Klingon War uh, Chapel uh, Nurse Chapel is deployed to Jagal, right? I probably spelt that incorrectly, but who cares? Uh, which sounds like a great name for a planet. Um, and soon as she arrives, she becomes head nurse right away. Uh, she uh, and there's a bit coming up here, uh, someone important in this episode that Graze noted down here. Um, the guy, basically, the the, the head doctor, is. Leading the place, and I, Gray, I know you get to him in a moment. I, I saw him and I went, There's something familiar about this guy. And as Gray will tell us oh, in okay. a moment, really was he, he seems yeah. out of place, but in place at the same time. It's weird, but he's basically a, you know, he's just running the place, he's organizing things like you do this, you do that. Uh, chapel, you're now head. Oh, she asked for the nurse, the head nurse. Oh. Uh, Get a funny feeling. The head nurse died. You're now the head nurse. Uh, the head nurse chapel. She's like, oh right, okay, nice one. This is where it starts, unfortunately. Um, and what I found interesting and galling at the same time, interesting and not a, I got off in this kind of thing. Just I'm, am interested in war and the mechanics of it, not in a, not in a negative way. I just like to learn from stuff that's happened in the past. I, I'm interested in World War Two stuff, Gray. So i like to know how these things happened. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't go off on this. We're just interested in it. Um, You start seeing scores and scores of people beaming in, literally, when they're injured. This is the modern, the futuristic battlefield. They're not brought in in trucks. They're beamed in, even in pieces sometimes. And there's literally scores of them. And the transporter or the computer keeps saying, transport incoming, transport incoming constantly. And there's waves and waves of them. And it just seems like it's too much from the start. And the background, we'll talk about that, Gray. You see the, the shooting and the fighting and the phaser turrets in the background. And it looks like yeah. a proper war zone, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. To me, it looked very similar to, uh, I, I
1: mentioned it later on. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen MASH, the movie or the TV I know of it, but ago. yeah. MASH stands for Mobile uh, Army Surgical Hospital. So the MASH units were used a lot uh, in the Vietnam War, literally picking up a surgical hospital and moving it to a spot to, spot, to another spot, to another spot. Yeah. And it was so much like that, almost exactly like that, actually, where the wounded are constantly coming in. And on MASH episodes, you would hear the same thing, where you'd get the, the guy comes on the uh, on the loudspeaker and just says, incoming, 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 yeah. oh, you know, and the same thing happens. And it was it was just a futuristic version of exactly a MASH-type situation. And and the things that they dealt with, uh, again similar to a mash episode, was the same thing. Uh, when they were to- when they were told that there is no no organ replicator around, so they can't they can't do anything. They can't they can't take care of them in in a newer fashioned way. They have to go back to the old school way, literally. So yep. they're actually just sewing people up and trying to find organs from other people that have died and make them old school transplant. And it was just really. And it was a horrible scene, you know, but it was meant to look that way because that's yeah. what it was all about.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: So it was really, uh, it was really getting wild and and emotional because stuff was just going down like every every second.
0: It hits home. It really hits home seeing that yeah. um, you you you're, you're interested in it in a kind of learning way. You know, I wouldn't watch that and go, "Oh, this sounds, this looks brilliant." I'm just in awe of what happened, and I, this is a futuristic. Uh, portrayal of what what would happen to be honest here um there's one guy that beams in though who is literally i mean there's there's like holes in him and these like guts are half hanging out and he's he's a mess this guy um and that's where gray mentioned the thing about the 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 organ replicator which i didn't know was a thing that sounds brilliant um yeah. You've got this all that would normally do its job however they are in war, they don't have it, so gray Grace says they need to do things the old school way, but this guy will die without getting a parts replaced that he needs instantly. So um and Benga does his transport pattern buffer trick that we see in season one with his daughter, which was brilliant. This he'd done it loads of times, he said, he said, Listen, let's get the guy, let's Put him back into the buffer. We'll hold his pattern as long as the power remains there. He's good until we need to take him out. Obviously, right. with his daughter, he had to take him out every now and again to right. make sure she's still good. But um, and we find that later on that goes south as well. So that was a bit galling, but great. Do you want to tell us about um, the little sp- the, the the head doctor, if you want, and why he's important?
1: Yeah, the the first field doctor that. Uh, that she met up with when she found out that she was going to become head nurse um, was Clint Howard, and Clint Howard is Ron Howard's brother, the famous director and actor on Happy Days, etc. And Clint has a long history with Star Trek shows. The first episode he ever did was a character called B- Baylock in the, the original series episode, of the Corbomite Maneuver, which was actually a really mm-hmm. good episode. And he was only seven years old when he played the alien, but he was like a super intelligent baby looking alien which was kind of kind of neat and then he played uh grady in star trek deep space nine uh, uh he also played muck in star trek enterprise he also played in orion and discovery first season and now this guy buck martinez in under the cloak of war so he's he's been around since 1966 playing parts in star trek wow both, both these shows.
0: wow it's great
1: I like how they do that though. They keep bringing back like cert- certain veterans, you know, or whatever. Um, little side story too. Every, I believe, just about every movie or ev- or every single movie that Ron Howard's ever done has always had his brother in it. He always has a part for his brother, no matter how big or small it is. Ah, the brother the brothers appeared in almost every single Ron Howard movie he's ever done. Ah, there you, and you go.
0: Back man, spread it to your family, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So like, I said to yeah. I recognize him somehow, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. That's why. And this is his first human part. Uh right? when you were reading through that yeah, list there.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean he was yeah, I guess so. I yeah. guess so, yeah. Yeah, which is as far as a human pretty... goes. He's playing as some kind of alien every other time. <laughs> so I uh, like yeah. I like
0: Trek uh, royalty where they, they have these guys that do multiple parts. Um the guy that, Oh, I'm always forgetting his name. The guy that was in Deep Space Nine, Wei Yun, Wei the, the I can't remember the species, the ones that are genetically cloned that look after the Gem Hadar. Um Jeffrey Coombs, that's it. He plays in Dorian in Enterprise as well. I love guys like that that just play multiple yeah. roles. Brilliant. Um there's a, there's, if you do a little research, there's a couple of actors
1: that are playing like multiple roles in Star Trek that you don't always remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Nice, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that was that was a, kind of eye-opening scene, that one there. Um, back on the Enterprise, uh, Pike invites uh, Chapel and Benga to dinner with the ambassador that they very much dislike. You can yeah. tell it's going to be difficult for them. Um, but I think to be honestly great, they, well, they're a bit reluctant, and he can't force them. Really, well, he probably could, but morally, he couldn't force them. They both said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll go." And I think it's because they want to help Pike out. They want to help their captain out because so, yeah, they're trying to do this peace thing. So,
1: trying to help him, it's out of respect for your captain. So you got to kind of suck it up and and go. But boy, as soon as I heard they were going to go, I'm going like, "Oh boy, this is." Oh, I get every chance of Star go Trek well. Six.
0: I, I, I around the table with uh, Goron. Good. And I'm well, just you remember
1: good, uh, uh, when the, in that particular episode, uh, uh, Shatner said, "The only good Klingon is a dead Klingon." <laughs> and he
0: and he overheard as well. Someone recorded him as well. So yeah, yeah. this is so, why yeah. we gave it such a high score later on because I think subconsciously we're at least thinking of Star Trek: The Dun- Sixth Undiscovered Country, which is yeah. my second favorite of the TOS movies. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, uh they, they suck it up as Grace says and they're like yep sure captain no problem. We get more flashbacks uh with Chapel and Mbenga trying to save someone's life and this was touching on what Grace said before um they don't have the t- proper tools they need for the job. So uh the guy's heart literally stops gets into cardiac arrest um and the no, Chapel's I, I what do we do? Um but we need to get it started again massage his heart and she's like oh okay right she was quite expecting that but she's i guess trained to do that technically so and she goes (laughs) yeah well she was
1: that she was awfully scared about that you, you know they didn't have the proper equipment so she's going she's sitting there going like i i gotta do this manually and it's like yeah you can do it and it was a very tense scene because they kept on looking at each other going like i got you i got your back i got you and okay okay and then she did it, you know, and stuff. And that's also yeah. in real
0: life. That's been, that was also done. In,
1: oh yeah. In mash, they still do that.
0: Units as well as, yeah. They don't really need happen. to do it as much now because they've got the right. the paddles, but um, yeah, he's, he's right. Um, sometimes you need to go back to the basics and she, he, the guy revives and he does survive. Uh, and they, they, they pass him on, pass him on to the next team to sew him up and whatnot. Um, so yeah, moving on, um, as I said before, understandably, Mbenga, Chapel, and Ortega are three here, are uh, war guys that have been through a hell of a lot, are struggling with the dinner as we get uh, more flashbacks to Chagall. Um We see an Enduring captain. I think he's an Enduring captain, or at least he was the leader of the, the unit grade. Do you recall his position, the Enduring? I thought, if I remember correctly, he was Black Ops, they said.
1: And that's why they had those the the black ops kind of dark uniforms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everything was gray and black. So he was part of the dark ops operation. Uh, this Andorian. Yeah. And he keeps on coming to Mebenga. and now we're learning a little more about some of the backstory on on uh, uh, So he's coming back to him, talking like we need you, and and
0: yeah, you know. And then we start learning about why he needs him, and
1: it was really interesting.
0: It's- well, can it kind of makes sense, actually. Like, this, this Honduran captain is trying to get in Benga into the fight um, because he has heard the rumours. Well, they're not rumours, but I guess at the time the word that yep. Benga has the most hand-to-hand kills confirmed. Confirmed. A doctor, hand-to-hand, nuts. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Doctors, in theory, could be brilliant killers. They know exactly where to hit you. Um, so, but he says Benga's moved on. He says no with respect, I'm I'm just a doctor now. Uh I, I'm glad he wasn't forced to do that actually, which I thought that might have been a thing that came up, but he wasn't, mm-hmm. so maybe being a doctor you're immune from that. Um but then the doctor asks him for the super serum, uh if you recall, uh great. Yeah. And and this super that's the super serum we saw earlier on this season with him and Chapel become really, really strong. Um I was calling it um uh green red bull but then gray was just calling it mountain dew which makes probably more sense to be <laughs> honest so <laughs> really really strong concentrating stuff uh, at least this time though he
1: basically he was saying what it was because he explained in the course of the conversation yeah he said it, it boosted your adrenaline it had uh, pain inhibitors and whatever other cocktail stuff is, is in you know is in this thing yeah. and he obviously told the guy he said this is not really good for your body you know it's not uh, no. <laughs> the guy's going like, Yeah, but I need an edge and I'm fighting right now. He goes, like Just give it to my everybody, all my soldiers. And he's like, No, nah, nah, can't do that. Quite
0: right. Yeah, it's one thing to endanger your own life and your own health, but it's another to do it to other people. So, no, he's, he's not one to do it understandably. And it was something to do with some Starfleet Order 12 or something like that, where right. they were developing this serum. Obviously, it wasn't just in on his own. It sounds like it was something wider. Within Starfleet but it was dropped because he tried to use that under Starfleet Order twelve. Give me some of that stuff. Oh, we've stopped making that now. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, it's just not you can't have that anymore. But he's it's, it's stuff like that actually did happen. There there were drugs that they used to give oh, soldiers yeah. and stuff
1: that you don't that you never even know about. Yeah. You know, and stuff and they had to put the kibosh on Captain America
0: type of- stuff as well, like Lord you know, Lord the scale, but Try to make you stronger, don't they? Like whatever even,
1: they I don't know how true it is, because I don't know everything. But even in the defense uh, department now, when pilots are flying these these sophisticated jets, they can't afford to go to sleep. So they're giving supposedly some kind of safe barbiturates or whatever that basically keep them awake yeah. for days at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now they've studied this; they know how long that a body can put up with that before you're going to have to rest. Yeah. So they they you know they obviously you know move pilots in and out different pilots and stuff but that stuff happens because it has to happen in in war mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah unfortunately right yep. um okay uh, back at the the dinner because we're getting flashbacks between the dinner and jagal war uh or the war at Jigal. um uh ortega is kind of had enough a little bit which i knew there'd be who's going to snap first that i, I thought it would probably be ortega she doesn't snap per se but She's, she's had an office, she, she remembers the Klingon battle cries from back in the day and her Klingon sounded great by the way, she kept saying it several times and I'm not going to try and do it because I will butcher it but basically yeah. the the human the English translation is remain Klingon and that was the battle cry when they were going into war to slaughter whoever was there uh, they right. would say that over and over and that's in her Tega's mind now, she just, she knows that's possibly why as an as, not as an actor, as the character she knows it inside and out, Grace. She's heard it so many times, man. It's like a, a nightmare slogan now, you know, or term. Yeah. Um but yeah, she leaves. She kind of does it in an orderly like, kind of way. I think you would normally ask for permission to like, almost like your your parents' table, captain may have permission to leave. She didn't do that, she just walked out. Yeah, um, she just yeah. She was she didn't know what to do, so she just uh, walked out instead
1: of getting nuts.
0: I would have maybe asked pike for permission but fair enough at least she didn't kick off um chapel goes after her nice excuse for her to get out of dodge and also to make sure her friend was okay um chapel goes after her, and benga stays which was respectful but he was struggling wasn't he Gray?
1: oh yeah though he was he was gripping the handle of his the chair he was sitting in it looked like he was going to tear it off and pike sees him doing this with his hand and so Smart 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 on his part, he just turned to him and said, Oh, maybe you should go check on the Chapel, she might need your help. It's like, Yep, okay, I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and, and that's what any good captain would do. You 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 recognize this kind of thing, uh, and you the well being of your crew. And he's obviously seen that he was struggling. I thought he was literally going to rip the arm off that chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to suck it up. That's how you go nuts though. You don't vent and find a way to do it sooner yeah. and you just flip flip the lid um yep. so yeah he leaves it, sort of the, three, the three that were had the problem and said no have all now left because during this dinner they're all laughing and chuckling quite a bit and i find one of those three great i would be struggling like to see everyone chuckling and smiling and getting on so well um but they didn't well, go through what it, those three, three went through
1: yeah i don't think they're actually i think they were just putting on an act because they yeah, wanted to possibly. make sure that the captain was You know represented well enough but yeah they i think and i also think that was part of what the reason why the outburst happened because they were acting as if everything is wonderful it was getting on them their nerves even more yeah so in actuality it was worse and finally they just kind of you know snapped or whatever
0: yeah yep i thought
1: ortega was was gonna take a glass or something and break it and try to stab over (laughs) she was like she handled it really well mate she handled the best
0: i think considering um, yeah, but everyone goes through these things and have different memories, I guess. Um, yep. As in leaving though, um, just as he's about to pass uh, the bastard, then bastard like grabs him by the hand, kind of thing, like one one last thing moment, you know. Um, and I just to see the look in Mbenga's face, and I was just oh, like, God. oh it was no!
1: Like, <laughs> as soon as he grabbed his arm, I'm sitting and going, no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> Going which is magic. great which was great because the writing and the acting was so good in this episode i mean you were actually getting your own you're you getting your own emotionality yeah. watching this because you're going go, like he grabs his arm and he's going like no that's close <laughs> it's gonna go bad any but, second now
0: but thankfully he didn't he was a good start officer and he showed restraint um the the ambassador that was saying basically he'd heard that uh, I can't remember the the technique, the form of fighting that they have, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both my I Don't think it's really relevant. Obviously, Ambassador had heard that, uh, Mbenga does uh, does his own kind of form of martial art training. Um, and it's he he said, look, I I'd like to have a session if that's alright. Can we spar? And we'll do full full contact, you know, because that's not something they yeah. always do. And he said he'll check his uh, schedule and get back to him. I thought he would just automatically say, "Great, yes, yeah, on the Donkey Kong," but he didn't. Yeah, I thought I, I didn't think he was
1: going to do it the way he was answering. You know, but then I kind of figured for the story, it's got to happen somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, most definitely. Um, but yeah, so that that fight does definitely come later on. Believe you me, um, I liked the next part, Greg, because we had uh, we're back back on Jagal, uh, back in the past, and the guy that had his heart massaged to who you thought was was maybe not going to make it through, he'd recovered. He's got that futuristic, futuristic Starfleet pad on him. You know the the the, the, the I don't know what it's called. Oh, the probably dermal regeneration. gauze or something Stuff. like fancy something yeah. fancy. Yeah, he's he's recovered. He's been stitched all up and whatnot, and maybe stitched up because they don't have the tools to like fuse everything together now. Um, yeah. And the guy is, the guy was kind of struggling at this point. He'd actually made his way out of the tent and was sitting watching the war. That was a bit awe-inspiring. Like he he walks out, and I was thinking, please, I really hope a sniper doesn't take him out or something. I was waiting for it. He sits yeah. down. He just takes it all in, Gray. He looks at what's unfolding in front of him: the war, the the phaser turrets, the explosions, the destruction. And he just looks so, so down. But and Benga gives him the speech. He's like, the guy was like, well, what am I doing here? You know, and I thought we were explorers and we're, you know, we're about peace and stuff. And and Benga's speech is beautiful. He's basically saying, you know, yeah, we are. But if we don't fight for this right now, the Klingons will literally go on and take every colony in, in the sector in the galaxy uh, work their way along we have to stop them somehow so that other people can enjoy the peace that we once knew and i just that uh, what a speech from Benga, man brilliant you know? and it pretty it pretty much echoes in real life that's that which which is always what
1: makes star trek good because in real life that it's the kind of speech that soldiers are given because if you're if you're not fighting for what is is right you're basically making it a worse world for the next people yeah, you know, behind behind you. So it was it, it was really grounded in real stuff that goes on. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it was a great it was a great speech.
0: It certainly was. Understand. Um, just the talent of the of the actor, I guess, really, um, and the quality of the writing. Um, yeah. so it, this this uh, there's a special ops mission that's going to go ahead. Um, this is where that's kind of coming from. Um. And at this stage, uh, I think I was jumping ahead a little bit here. Uh, at this stage, uh, the boy uh, comes out of the, the tent uh, later on. The guy that had his heart, heart massage almost died. He came out and he was in one piece, um, ready to go. And this was a little bit surprising but not surprising at the same time because the speech that Mbenga gave has clearly done the job and worked. The first right. boy out there is the guy they saved and I was just like, Wow. You can see then though on Mbenga's face, he's the shock and horror. He's like, oh no. And he walks up to him really quickly, Grain he's like, What 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 are you doing? And if you're in Benga, there, how how awful you feel, and you're like, I've just convinced this guy to go back to war, like where I could get you signed off in the sick, no problem. I don't think he was
1: he didn't anticipate the guy actually wanting to get back into the fight, you know, that quickly. And so he starts to feel bad because he because he gave the speech, which was a correct speech, yeah. But he still feels bad that the guy's going to go back out there. But the guy said to him, "Look, I'm a soldier. This is what I do. Just like you said, this is we have our jobs."
0: Yeah, we do. You know, and there's
1: really nothing he could say, and he just said told him to keep his head down and fight
0: hard. Yep. And that's yep. all I could tell him. So as Grace says, he does the right thing. We can't we can't give him a hard time for not doing the right thing, but right. the right thing ends up in him actually now wanting to fight on. And even though he could get him signed off in the sick, he doesn't. Um right. he, he the, the guy that almost died—he he heard what Mbenga had to say, and he's like, "No, no, I will, I will fight on. You, 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 you—you you know, I'm a soldier after all. At the end of the day, and Benga just feels awful. He goes off and does his thing. Um, I did really feel—I felt sorry for him in that in that situation, but okay. I think he also knows—he also feels bad, Gray, because he knows a special ops mission after talking to the Endorian uh, captain leader his exact position was he was he was the high hedger anyway there he mm-hmm. knows it's going to be a meat grinder this mission because they can find a way to actually win the war at Jugal, and they don't get any details mm-hmm. of what this is because it's kind of relevant but they know a lot of people will be mowed down and them trying to achieve their goal and oh yeah people are mowed back down uh, mowed down later on as we get to um the next scene though it's it gets it gets dark at times, of course it does. But this is why I love. We'll get to this at the end. This is why I love Star Trek because it always comes back to the light somehow. Um, mm. Unlike Discovery, which was too dark too often. Um, the next scene's hard for uh, Chapel, though I would say great because uh, the the spec the special ops team are coming back, um, and the transporter is going even more nuts than it was before. The computer voice is incoming, incoming constantly. Have to get people off the pads, um and they're hit by emnifier, the power goes down, the backups kick in, the only way they can resolve this situation to get more people beamed in for patching up and stitching up is to reset everything. But remember the guy near the start that was right. guts hanging out, he's in the pattern buffer, he needs emergency power to that to that replic- the replicator, transporter. To keep them going and they have to reset everything. Now they're pulling things out and they get to the last cable, almost about to pull out. And I get flashbacks of uh, Boimler and the big blue button. I hate to admit this. There is one button at the top, a red button. Why is it always a right. button? They, treat, they just treat you like idiots. It's it's, it's hilarious. And Chapel's, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. He's in there. And then Benga just very cold. I don't blame him. Again, don't blame him. He just go up and goes bang pattern and you see that you see it on the l cars display yeah. Has, he, he's got like a code if you like and you see it there and then gone and i was like wow that was difficult that was that, hard to yeah. watch
1: it Was a heavy scene because he took the he took the brunt of it so that she didn't have to yeah and yeah. then when she sat there going like no no and he says he says others have to live yeah and they that's a decision and again. Very much like real life, and like I said, in these mash episodes that you watched, a lot of that stuff had to happen then too, it and did. it was always hard on on the crew when they just finished patching up somebody that they end up losing them,
0: yeah, you know, and
1: stuff. And it's just it's it's tough. And it was a very good and powerful scene because it's what are you going to do, you know, or hell and it's called that for a reason. So.
0: And that's what Mbenga does. That's uh, that's his experience um, shining through, his qualities as a friend, because uh, they're clearly not just colleagues, but friends after this. They're on first-name basis, the lookout feature. They've got this saying, I've got you, I've got you. This is what they keep saying to each other throughout the flashbacks and on the, 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 the enterprise because they are good friends as well. And um, they've got each other's backs. Um, we now get uh, the fight of I was going to say the fight of the century. We'll call it the fight of the year, maybe. <laughs> um, on all the box office channels. Um it's the spar with the ambassador and Benga. And I'm I'm looking forward to this. I don't know why. Maybe I just like a little bit of chaos, Grey. Um What well, the ha- first thing the ambassador said is I didn't think you were gonna come. Ah, uh-huh. well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he said did. That's that. Yeah. He did say that. I of course want your opinion uh then this point, Grey, because how it happened is not how i thought it would go i'll be honest with you um the 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 bastard literally despite Benga being really good at this this form of martial arts or defending or sparring whatever we're calling it the bastard knocks him on his ass three times in a row and they're talking in between and taking little breaks and whatnot and they're not literally going for each other's throats they are going full body uh, contact as as they agreed before but it isn't Two nuts, and this is what was surprising me. But after three times in a row, he's he's saying to the bastard to Mbenga, listen, I want to work with you, not as friends, but I want to work with you because if it if if people see two former enemies working together, this is a powerful message to what's going on. And he's right; it it, it really would be yeah. if it came to that. And Mbenga's keeping his cool all the way through this for the the be, to the best of his ability, because. The ambassador hadn't set him off too much, but when he starts to say these things, it's kind of making him worse to the point where I thought he'd finally go in and Benga to get his knockdown on the ambassador, but he doesn't. He literally then stops within inches of punching him in the face because a Klingon yeah. is probably stronger than a human being. It seems that like everyone's bloody stronger than human beings in Star Trek, Gray. But, <laughs> you know, no serum or nothing. He was literally about to hit him and he stops and he goes, no, I'm not going to do that. And you mentioned here, amazing restraint to not hit him. You thought, right. like me, it would probably go a lot worse than that, yeah? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to belt him for sure. And he just <laughs> stopped and held
1: on to his, you know, restrained himself. You know, and, mean... and you can imagine that the, the so many different emotions he's going through. He's not like, do I, do I clock him? You know, do I kill him? Do I yeah. not do anything? You know, I think, I think at the beginning when he was put on his back three times, I think he was holding back,
0: you know, think at so. first.
1: I think so. Oh. And, and because he didn't want to get out- outraged until he finally did. Yes. Uh, but then stopped, but then stopped. Amazing so it was, machine. uh yeah, very, very, uh, well done, well acted scene, because you were just kinda like, you know, the whole time you're just going like, oh man, what are they gonna do to each other? <laughs> yeah, are they going to kill each
0: other or not? Uh-huh. Um but he does show restraint so respect to Nbenga. Um during um during the war we learned that the ambassador um he was known as the Butcher Drago, right? And and the ambassador would literally be really cold hearted and he's not called Ambassador back then, I don't recall what his name is and this, it's kind of not really important for that, but he's known as Ambassador when he's on the Enterprise, so that's why we're right. going with that. Um, he's known as, as he Butcher go he literally kills everyone, including his own. It literally, as long as they're not, if they're Klingon soldiers, they're okay. But I think even later on, he gets to a point or certain missions where he's literally just killing everyone. Like, would you sometimes get this in war back in the day as well. They would literally, you could hit your own troops, but it's a risk we need to take. Let's send in the bombs and literally we'll kill everyone. And at least, yes, we've killed some of our own, but we've also killed the enemy as well. So that is brutal. And it sounds like a Klingon thing to do back then anyway. Um, and we we see this, we we do see this in, uh, go with like flashbacks with so many dead turning up. Uh, yeah. There's so many bodies. Um, you see part of the fight, but the fight is going on is so close and
1: dark and weird angles. It's so hard to see. You can't really tell what's going on. Yeah, and of course there's
0: a reason for that, as we see later on. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. That's brilliant when we get to that part. Um, when some of the bodies are coming in for uh in and Chapel to patch up. Uh, one of the guys we 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 see in the morgue, I guess, the temporary morgue, is the first guy is the the the, the young lad that uh, Benga right. patched up, and uh, yeah, and I I knew that was coming, great. I'll be honest with you, man. I knew that was coming. I knew sure. he'd be the first one back dead, and I think you did as well. To be honest with you, um, also the Endorian uh, captain, oh, whoever yeah. he was, he yeah. was done too. Yeah, he was. Most, he was, done. and
1: most of his troop,
0: I guess, that went in. Yep. Yeah. And the, the when you see the like you and Benga gets pissed off. I mean, he shows anger in his eyes. Like he's The actor is yeah. so well restrained. You can show anger without shouting and going nuts as well, because this is something I almost forgot about, Gray. I had to turn up the subtitles for a brief period of time, because later on towards the end of the episode, and I'll tell you that part when we get to it, and Benga's talking to Pike at the end, and... He could be the actor. Could be so softly spoken sometimes, like almost whispering. I struggled, man, and I'm really good at understanding accents, but I I struggled. I know what scene you're talking about. I, I I definitely jacked up the audio. Yeah, here a little. So that's that's not enough to take it down a half a point. It'd have to be several nitpicks for that to happen. But it's just something that they should have picked up on, I think, and fixed that one. By the way, so he's pissed off. He's shown anger without showing anger. If that makes sense. He sees that young boy he tried to save. He sees the Endorian captain who was nice enough to him, I guess. Um, and the Endorian, uh, one of the things is nice, very much like Klingons, and he's got his own knife on him. And he literally grabs the knife that Endorian still had in his body and he just heads off and you're like, Oh, oh, oh and Benga, the hardcore yeah, killer is now? back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so I knew it was coming at this stage here. It kind of gets to that point. Um, I found this interesting, and I don't know if I agree with it. Maybe I do. Back in Enterprise Grey, um, Una comes in to see Pike and asks to change course to a closer starbase. And she nice. explains it kind of well that uh, the bastard has to get off the ship like right now because right. morale is going downhill um, and it's, it's not going to work out. Now, he, Pike tries to argue the point, but once she explains it, She's like, you know, like, I get that we're trying to do a piece. It's fine, but you can't force people to feel a certain way. You can't make them yeah. be different people. Uh, they are trying their best. He reluctantly agrees um, and says, yeah, change course. It'll get us into Starbase the next day. Did you? I think that was the right thing to do, Gray, but why then bring him on board in the first place if they knew surely to God it wouldn't work?
1: Well, first of all, it wasn't their mistake of bringing them on. It was orders, right? wasn't that?
0: it? Was, it was orders from,
1: he said, from way up high. Yeah, yeah that's true. So they had no choice but to, to obey the orders. Now, later on, I think the reason why he changed, you know, Pike decided what he decided is because ultimately the captain is responsible for the health of his crew. Yeah. And that kind, of, that kind of supersedes a lot of stuff that maybe he was ordered to do. Yeah. So when Una made a good case about, you know, being a bunch of other people on the ship, we're in the war too. And they're saying this is, this could get, she knew this was going to get out of hand at some point. And so Pike listened, finally agreed. And for the, for the betterment of the crew, we decided to go ahead and do it, which I thought was really neat because I, you don't see that often in a lot of shows like that. Just kind of like, yeah, they'll just cause more trouble, but it made total sense. And the writing was really good and he did the right decision. So it was, it was good.
0: It was good. Yeah, I think he'd done the right thing. Reluctant, he was reluctant at the start, but you know, um, I'm sure he'd pull out some order um, sure. if Starfleet ever countered him on that one. He'd be like, well, order such and such means that the health of my crew comes first. And all oh, right, okay. Right. So um, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Um, back in Jagal, uh, Benga is geared, properly geared up. He is not looking like a doctor anymore. He is looking like a black op specialist with yeah. all the phasers and knives on him and stuff. And Chapel spots him. Uh and was like, No, don't don't do it. And he's like, I have got to, I've got to end this. Uh, I can't let all these right. dead bodies be for nothing. Um just before she dis- he just before Benga disappears, though, he opens up his case and he's got some super serum left. Of course he does. Some Mountain Dew. Um, he gives a vial to Chapel and he says, use this if you're, if the Klingons come to the camp and you have to leave and you get people out, use that. And he's obviously, you don't see it, but he's got a vial for himself as well as we do seeing a, it in a, in a little bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's heating up nicely. It is heating up nicely, this episode. Um, now, the Klingon bastard comes to sickby I. He hears that he's been dropped off the day after, Great, He is saying, I won't get that other sparring session with you, Doctor. It's a kind of shame. And Benga's having none of it to the point where he actually just shouts at him, stop, shut up. I think he's no, losing his cool now. Bang. Yeah. And I don't blame the guy. He's, how long? A couple of days, few days he's put up with this crap. Um sure. Now, hold on to your seats here, ladies and gentlemen. They talk in detail about what happened back in the war and this term Butcher of Jagal and it turns out the Butcher of Jagal is actually Doctor Mbenga. And I was like, Holy yeah, I, shit.
1: I wasn't expecting that one at all. Oh, yeah. And then they flash they flashback because instead of uh the ambassador, then general, killing all his crew. Yeah. It was McBenga that came in because he was going to kill the general. And so he killed the crew. And it was just like, oh shit. And so then and then when the, the ambassador realizes this, he's going, like, oh man, I went through all this, you know, ridicule and people calling me this because you're the one that actually did it. All the shoot was coming out, and the two of them are just like, you know, they don't even know what to say. They're get they're getting angry at each other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was just it was crazy.
0: It was, It really was. I didn't. No one's by, seen that. By comment. the way,
1: prior to prior to that, we forgot to say he was looking at. Uh, we call it? was looking at an old box, apparently of stuff that he kept from the war or whatever. Yeah, true. And Inside that box was a Klingon knife that he was looking at. Was it a Klingon knife? Was it not the one he used in T'Challa? Uh, because I, I remember the, this as well. Yeah, but I believe I. I don't. I thought it was a Klingon knife that that the Andorian took from a Klingon. Yeah, that's it. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. And he kept it all these years, so you see, you see him staring in the box, and then just uh, so happens the ambassador comes in, and you see Mabenga putting his back to the box so that
0: he doesn't he, see what's in there. It's in there. Yeah. Well, I actually thought it was going to be Super Serum, I'll be honest with you, Gray, but... Um, no, I didn't forget to mention it, because it's in this uh, section up c- coming after. Yeah. It is a... Uh, you're right, it is... Um, a cling-on knife. The Endorian had a cling-on knife. I thought it was an Endorian knife. I don't know why. No, it is a cling-on knife. I mean, I could be wrong, but I no, believe it's... I, th- I think you're right. I'll go with that as well, mate. I think you're right. He um, still has it in the box. He doesn't want the ambassador to see what's in there. Um, all you see now is basically the bastard is just egging him on and... Maybe not purposely, but he's just he's he's pissing him off. And he gets to the stage where he just goes up and puts a... Because he's still trying to make peace. He's like, let's move on. Let's, you know, not be frightened. Let's try and sort this out for the matter of peace. And then it ends with the bastard putting a hand on Benga's shoulder. And then you don't see what happens next. You just see it kind of from the other side of the glass in, in sick bay, And you just hear a scuffle and bangs and crashes and ah! and then Chapel sees this from the other side. She comes round, and her view is the bastard on the deck with a knife through his heart. That same knife, and you're just like, now we can discuss here now, Gray. It could have went anyway. It could have been obviously Benga saying, you know, it's not. You know, I didn't start the fight. He's ended it. Self defence. But then you mentioned at some point here that. It could have been an ambassador that started it because of what he learned from Right, I think, the, I think it was very well written and I really liked the
1: way they filmed it and I really liked the, the way that we the only one that really had the bird's eye view was Chapel. And when we see what happens beyond the, the smoked glass or whatever, it was a perfect call because we'll never really know who actually done it because either one could have had the motive. Uh, to do it. Now, if we're going to believe Mbenga and that the ambassador did it, you could say, okay, that makes sense, because the ambassador is really pissed that he finds out that who killed all his crew and everything, and he just got angry. And he was angry. Uh, but it could have went either way, and I really like that, because now we're going to be left with
0: this and we'll never know, really, whether the truth is out That's the not. right way to go about it, I think. It's the best storytelling yep. way, you know. Um, yep. we, should, we should mention, you do see the flashbacks briefly from, like, Weird angles in the dark of Mbenga before when he was killing um, all those Klingon soldiers, and he did say, "I was looking for you, ambassador." You know, I don't know yep. if he, he looked yep. for him or when his soldiers held him back. I think he tried to get to him somehow. He couldn't, but he killed all the rest of his uh, yep. his immediate troops anyway. So, um, and late uh, the scene right after that is of Chapel uh, backing up Mbenga or calling their friend, saying, yep. "Well, yeah, I saw the whole thing and." Bastard started the fight and Benga just defended himself. She didn't see no fight, she just saw him dead. So they've lied, both of them. I definitely I think they've lied. I think he started it. And while I don't blame Grey, Star Trek's not about that. Cold blooded killing from a decorate, from a Starfleet, a chief medical officer of the flagship.
1: Yeah, and but you can also argue the point that he didn't start it and that he still upheld the Starfleet morale, and he did say that yeah. he did not start it, so yeah. in this case in this case, you would have to give him the benefit of doubt and believe that he didn't, Yeah, but you always have that little thing at the back of your head going like Man, did
0: he, did he, he not see it and, you know, I mean, the, the writers done their job well because we'll probably never know this is why we're having this debate over it it could go either right. way, it's kind of fascinating but certainly at least Chapel's lied, so that's a that is a bit extreme, but again, I don't blame her. She's defending her friend and her colleague, so I get that. Uh, we'll never know. Um, the last kind of scene is, uh, we touched on this before, uh, Pike and Benga are talking in Sipi, Uh and Pike's like, listen, you're a, I've known you for God knows how long, we're friends, you know, you can tell me anything, Joseph. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know, you've known know each other a long time. Um and they're kind of just discussing what's happened, but Pike, sorry, Obega emphasizes once again that he did not start the fight. But then this is the bit where he whispers and I could hear him. I literally had to turn on subtitles and he whispers, and he went, but I'm glad he's dead. I was like, whoa. Shit, <laughs> yeah, okay. And Pike's obviously like, wow, okay, right? Well, uh, I mean, I, th- I think he had to be truthful, which he
1: was. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and i think pike maybe even if it was you know hard to hear i think he understood didn't didn't mean it was right what he said but it, but he definitely understood yeah you know, especially what he went through so
0: yeah yeah uh, and he does he does um he does mention that you know while they know each other pretty well Pike didn't go through the war, and Bengo did. Uh, okay. you, if you're less, you were there, you won't understand, and that's true for all three of those uh, guys who were there. You'll never fully and, uh, understand.
1: I, I remember too. Now that I think about it, he also emphasized to Pike. He says you you weren't there, and he says you didn't see that that the general killed children too. Yeah, So when he threw that in there, that was then you knew he was like, yeah, that's not good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very good point, Gray. Um, I think ben just, sorry, Pikes just taking it on board. He doesn't really say much. He just hears what he had to say and then kind of walks out, you know, and that's fine. I think it's... I'm not saying they're not friends anymore, but I think I think maybe Pike's thinking what did really happen there. I've no evidence, though. So it's a difficult one for him as well. They just leave it as is. They might come back to it at some point in the future. Who knows? Kind of hope mm-hmm. they do. Only if it's written well again. Otherwise, just leave it. Leave us in the dark and we're we're okay with that. Um yep. So, yeah, it was, uh, as we, as he, Bengard is doing a little personal log and he talks about uh, BioBed 2 being down and he says, sometimes things can be fixed, sometimes things can't. And it was a beautiful metaphor about that episode, what he was going through, Gray. And just as yep. it finishes, literally, uh, uh, he's patched it up because he said it won't need to be replaced at one point. A little alarm comes on the BioBed and I, I ask you here what's going on. And most likely, Gray, you're right. It's probably just for, ta- uh, for telling that it needs to replace in the near future. But I thought maybe mm-hmm. it's something else that's coming up in episode nine or ten, or maybe reading into it too much. Perhaps I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it was anything to read into. I think it was just to emphasize what he just said. Yeah. So no sooner did he, no sooner did he patch it up to work for now, and he walked away. The yeah. thing just you know fritzed out again. Yeah. So it just emphasizes what he said. You can, you know, you can work on things, but to you truly fix it
0: or replace it, you can't. You know, it's always going to be like that. And sometimes you can't fix it. So, um, but yeah, uh, I will. Actually, I, I'm going to steal the limelight slightly, Greg and go, Masco first, you don't mind me." I gave this ten out of ten. I was trying to find a fault in it, not because I'm that kind of person. I just, I don't give out ten. I don't. None of us give out ten out of tens willy nilly. We've only. I- this will be our third time doing it, um, and it doesn't happen often at all. So they deserve full credit for it. Excellent episode uh, for me. Perfect balance of great storytelling, first of all. Uh, acting, the CGI when it was used was great. It looked like a war zone, unlike the episode before where the background didn't look amazing. Um, right. And someone touched on that, Grace. Someone said they maybe done it on purpose so that the animators, when they were doing the animation version, animated version of it, it would be easier for them or look more comparable and I went oh, possibly yeah, yeah. Uh, someone left a comment in our last video on that one so that's why you should always leave comments below guys because I do like reading your comments um, so yeah I really, really loved it couldn't find a negative anywhere and for me Gray, this oh, in fact, I'll let you give your score first because me may, may very well you might have the same points as I so that means you gave it a 10
1: <laughs> yeah I gave it 10 A 10 I'm sure I said that I know, know. <laughs> um, I did the same thing because, and for many of the same reasons, um, I thought it was an excellent episode. Uh, I really think that it's the best of any of the episodes uh, up to this point, meaning season one and two. Yeah, yeah um, maybe there'll, there'll be another 10 somewhere. I mean that'd, that'd be great.: A seven um, won't be next but, week. <laughs> but right now, this is for the for the series run, this was the best episode of anything they've done. Yeah, um, and I, I also think it was so good that they need to look back at this kind of episode. And just realize that when you when your writing is, is on top notch, look what look what can happen yeah. and how good it is. And they need to they need to make more episodes like that, take that kind of care. Uh, and then every episode could be, you know, at least an eight or above if they do that kind or take that kind of care. Yeah. Um and I think it was for me, it was it, it got very emotional at times, which shows which if you can pull a certain amount of emotions out of somebody that's watching a show whatever it might be. That means that the writing, directing, acting have are right on and they've done their job uh, yeah. better than even maybe they think. Um, it probably affected me a little bit more only because I have a very, very close friend of mine uh, who was not me. Vietnam. Not me. Not, not you, but a very, very close friend of mine. Still, cl- cl- very, very good friend of mine. He was in the Vietnam war wow. and he's, he suffers from PS PTSD because he was, uh, part of a friendly fire incident and there's nothing worse than that oh god he had his troop of guys he was in a a unit and there was like uh i think there's eight or ten guys in the unit and he saw them get mowed down um and and he was one of the survivors only a couple of them did so you had your friends and your unit that you were close to and and you get friendly fire from your own people and that was it yeah nothing can be worse than that when and no. and stuff like that. so i so i know you know i i know just from some experience that he's taught to- told me and how horrific that can be so when you yeah. see something like that you know in an episode
0: like that which is bringing it out all
1: out it's just like whoa
0: and great like, and yeah. great your friends are tricky as well so i believe yeah yep. so so hopefully he watches that episode and our view and i'd be curious what what his thoughts are after he probably just kind of say what you've just said there actually, and and it's real life people. I wish we could just use a hot key and turn that shit friendly fire on and off, but these things unfortunately happen, and this episode encompassed it really really well, I think, because they're re- I think Benga clearly is the one that's had the worst. Uh, oh yeah, the worst yeah, experience. No doubt. So, um, and and for me, Gray, the reason I love this is because it got a bit darker. Like Discovery Dark, but not as bad. This is one of the downsides of Discovery. It got got really, really dark too often. Uh, And Star Trek's about the light, you know, but it brought it down dark enough to then show you the light at several occasions where it brought it back up. And that is perfect Star Trek storytelling. Mm. It just, and I know you feel the same as well, hence why we often have scores that are similar because we like and dislike very similar things in Star Trek. So, yeah. They've done a really, really good job. Well done, guys. I know next week's episode is going to be an absolute shit show. I can't see how I'm going to like a musical ever. I don't like them in the best of days, but I respect them because they're very popular forms of entertainment for people. They just don't work with Star Trek episodes. How this episode is going to be more than a six will baffle me. If it gets a six, it'll be doing well. Uh, I will try. We're already, We're already predicting, we ha- and we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. I say don't do this, but I just don't see how <laughs> it works. Okay, next week it'll be interesting for us to cover this. Yeah, it, in the case
1: anybody forgets, it's called Subspace Rhapsody. So supposedly it's going to be a musical, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm like Trev. I'm just sitting there going like, why? And then I, and then I start hearing more about it. There's going to be ten songs. They're going to sing ten songs. Some of them originals. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm sitting there going like, you know, okay, sing a song here, sing a song but, there, that's bad enough. But I have 10 to,
0: songs, I'm sitting there going, ugh. Great, I have to give a shout to the, the guy's video that I sent on to you, the guy from Sidetrack channel, right? He made a very good point. Yeah. He's like, it's not, Star Trek is is not about musicals, right? How can anything, and, because and, this is the thing, Star Trek is based on, Science fiction It is science fiction. It's not fantasy like Star Wars. Hence, why I've always loved Star right. Trek so much more. It's got to be based on something that's, uh, in theory, possible. There's nothing that we know of or could theoretically be possible to make you start bloody singing without stopping yourself <laughs> and control. You know, it just makes no sense, man. It's just, it's not an episode of bloody Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know. It's,
1: Oh, right. and, sodic, and, and, sodic. and I think he brought he, The guy also brought up a good point Saying that those, that's an episode that you watch Once and you'll never see it again Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are ep- Other episodes that do quirky things that you Would go back and see again like the Crossover Lower Decks um, yeah. We had the same feeling that that could have Been like not good Ended up being really great and it would be an Episode you'd go back and watch again so Obviously they can pull things off that are different
0: But this may be stretching it a little too far. And we only get 10 hours as well, which is less than half of what we used to get, so it's quality time that we don't want wasted. We get that there's filler episodes, but they add to the Star Trek, the season, the goodness. This won't I think that and we've mentioned this before, and I think that's one of the problems, because
1: since there's, there's not 20 episodes or 20 episodes plus like there was in the older days, Yeah. You know, you, you ha- if you're going to make a bad episode, you've already made one-tenth of your season bad. Yeah. And there's know, been or more, more than one. Or more. Right, exactly. So, so, you just, so you're under the gun to have to make the best episodes that you can, because you're only showing like 10 of them
0: we are possibly, so, possibly get to the stage where maybe a third of the season has not been great by the end of it, possibly. God, I hope not. I mean, yeah, uh, I know, I know. we'll see what happens, but there's
1: only, the, what, the two episodes left, right?
0: So. Yeah, yeah. but at least we have Lord Dex and Lord September, September, so we're not waiting 7th. too long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that wraps us up, and that brings me on to the, to, the, to the end part, where I say, we will have time to do some specials in between, so I, as much as I love your comments more than the thumbs up or the thumbs down please put them below. Tell us what you like about this episode. Do you like? Do you agree with our points? Was it 10 out of 10 for you? I, I want to actually hear your score before Gray's hand gets sore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the usual call to arms, of course. We are mostly focused on the YouTube, but wherever you get your podcasts as well, we're there, certainly for now at least. Um, and on Twitter at The Trekway as well. Um, and, of course, Gray, uh, we do an entertainment podcast with Gray called Gray's Green Room, and he's available on all the same YouTube and podcasts and platforms. And tonight we're doing a gaming podcast. We just, we're podcast podcast Um We're doing that with our friend Nick. Uh, we love our gaming. That's how we all know each other, first and foremost. Um, and that's all the same avenues and channels uh, if you search for Extreme PC UK. Uh, we'll be on Twitch Live tonight, but maybe only a few people get that before that goes out. But, yeah, until next week... Thank you very much for everything and uh, till then do your thing Mr. Grit.
1: I'm going to prosper everybody. See you guys.
0: Bye bye bye. bye.